I am not thrown away my shot I am not thrown away my shot Hey yo, I'm just like my country I'm young, scrappy and hungry And I'm not thrown away my shot I'm gonna get a scholarship to King's You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET I'm Stephen Henderson And as always, thanks for tuning in You know, there's no doubt about it Jeffrey Seller is a Broadway sensation Aside from being the producer of a handful of iconic musicals, he is also the mind behind Broadway's rush ticket and lottery ticket policies. And he's from Oak Park, right here in Metro Detroit. In January, he gave Mosaic Youth Theater its largest one-time donation ever, a million dollars intended to help the theater's summer camp and the Mosaic Experience Empowerment Program. Four and a half years after his hit play Hamilton debuted on Broadway, it has finally come to Detroit for the very first time. Jeffrey joins us now to talk about his Oak Park roots, working with Lin-Manuel Miranda, and watching the colossal success of Hamilton move through the country, capturing the hearts and imaginations of countless Americans. Jeffrey Seller, welcome to Detroit Today. Stephen, thank you for that very kind introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have it any other way for someone from uh, Metro Detroit. Uh, we're very proud that you are one of us off doing all of these wonderful things. Um, so I want to start here. Uh, I happened to be in New York the week that Hamilton opened. Uh, and a friend of mine who works for the New York Times, Michael Paulson, who covers the business side of Broadway, said, you know, if you're here, you, you've got to go see this this musical. You have got to find a way to see it. And he said the best way uh, will be to get tickets to the last rehearsal performance of it, which is uh, the night before the opening. And I hadn't heard much about the musical, uh, uh, but I, I figured, okay, well, he, he seems to know a lot about this. I'll go, I'll go see. And I remember sitting there before the show thinking, well, this is like a hip-hop uh, uh, musical about Alexander Hamilton. I, I kept thinking, this is just, it's going to be kind of corny. I've heard it's good, but it's just going to be a little goofy. By the end of the first act, uh, I was sitting there with uh, my partner, the person I had gone with, and we were both just staring at each other as if to say, what have we just seen? I mean, it was so overwhelming uh, all of the things that are happening uh, in the musical, all of the performances, all of the really, really clever ways in which race and class and uh, all these other parts of the American struggle sort of are layered uh, throughout it. But I remember sitting there wondering, do the people who are putting this on really know what they have? And when did they know? When did they know that this was going to be so transformative to storytelling and to Broadway and to American history. I really am curious, at what point did you know that Hamilton was going to be Hamilton? Stephen, we were trying to make a good musical. And um, making a musical is hard work. Um, making a musical is an expression of self and uh, one never knows um, how it's going to mix with people, with culture, with politics. And um, as Lynn continued to write song after song, um, I knew that this was special. I knew that it was um, the kind of show that thrusts me forward in my seat to listen closer, 
that makes um, my heart beat a little faster. But that still doesn't mean I knew it would become what we might call a phenomenon. Hmm. And I think that one never knows what's going to become a phenomenon until um, it asserts itself. And I don't think we choose. I think the people choose. Um, And I think that goes for um, a musical. I think it goes for um, a musical, you know, an album like, you know, Thriller back in the 80s. Um, I think that would go for a movie like Star Wars or Jaws in Mm. the 1970s. Um, Who knows where it's going to come from? And... um, and that's what's so exciting about the creation of art. Hmm. So did you ever worry that, that uh, you know, my sense of it going into it, that this was such risk, uh, this hip-hop version of this, uh, this biography, this very serious and, and sort of austere uh, uh, biography uh, of Alexander Hamilton? Did you ever worry that this might just, just might not... Uh, uh, translate this might not uh, this might yes, not sir. land with, well, with the audience because I had already had the extraordinarily rewarding experience of working with Lin Manuel um, and his collaborators on In the Heights, which we did on Broadway in two thousand and eight right. nine, and uh, which won its own Tony for Best Musical. My belief in Lin as an artist was absolute, and I believe that it is my role as producer to say yes, to follow the artist and trust in the artist's aesthetic and judgment. So when Lynn said, I want to make um, a hip-hop album based on Hamilton by Ron Chernow, because I think Alexander Hamilton is a quintessential hip-hop guy, (laughs) I said yes. You know, and, and, and I'm bringing something up here, which is part of our history, which is that Lynn conceived this as an album, as a concept album, in which he could flex all of his rap muscles, mm-hmm. in which he would not have to be um, enslaved by the um, structure of having to write a musical with a formal beginning, middle, and an end. Um, as he continued to write, um, it was his coll- colleague and director, Thomas Kale, who kind of gently led him down the path for all of us to realize, oh, you're writing a musical. <laughs> and, and, and then I thought, I think this will be successful. I don't know if it will be a big hit because the language is so dense, yeah, yeah. because of all the things you're bringing up. But the answer wasn't do it or not, so we'll do it and we'll see what it does. <laughs> Um, so there was, uh, there's also, uh, you know, because I saw it uh, in that final rehearsal for the first time. I mean, I saw Lin Manuel perform uh, the, the the lead role, and um, there was this quality to that performance that that was not just about whether he hit the right notes or delivered the lines well. It was. Kind of this uh, this glee, I guess, uh, that he seemed to have uh, being at the center of this thing that he had created, right? Uh, when, when he was on stage, it was almost as if he was uh, a child inside 
uh, his most robust fantasy. And there was something about that I thought that uh, that made the performance just absolutely uh, electric. And I and I and I guess I can see how uh, if if you're being pitched on it by him and you're sort of seeing this, you you can sort of see your way to the idea that hey, this could actually. This could actually work, um, but but of course, this is not the first time you've done that. Uh, you know, you've also been uh, involved with landmark shows like Rent and Avenue Q. Uh, what is it about those ideas and the people behind those ideas that you attach to that says, "Hey, I I think this is worth taking a chance on." I'm always looking to be surprised, and somehow I think I'm always looking for artists who seem to be telling my story as well as their own. Mm. Um, I can only do a show if I fall utterly in love. And um, if my connection to it is as powerful as it is to my own children, you know, because they become my children. And, um, you know, the first time I ever heard Lynn's opening number to our musical in the Heights, in which a young man, uh, enters the stage and starts singing this rap song, Lights Up on Washington Heights, uh, um, up at the break of day. Um, I wake up and I got this little punk I got to chase away. I was completely um, connected to this rap, which I'd never heard before in the theater. Hmm. And then um, a couple phrases later, the chorus enters and sings a quintessentially beautiful um Broadway choral um, melody, you know, in the heights. And the juxtaposition of rap with Broadway choral music was something I had never heard before. And it stimulated me um, and thrilled me because it was new. Mm -hmm. And that's the quality... I'm always looking for. So the first time I ever saw a workshop, to go back to your, your, your um, reference to Avenue Q, um, I saw a very early workshop when uh, the creators, Jeff and Bobby, were thinking they wanted to make a TV show, and I saw these two puppets on stage, um, uh, Nick, you know, uh, 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 Nicky and Rod, and he starts singing, if you were gay, that'd be okay, because, hey, I'd like you anyway, and it's a puppet, and I fell off my chair laughing. <laughs> and though the music was extremely familiar, because it sounded like um, the music I heard on Sesame Street as a kid, the idea that it had these um, lyrics attached to it was absolutely something fresh and new. And those are the kinds of um, surprises, um, both visceral and intellectual, that I am in search of. My guest is Jeffrey Seller, four-time Tony Award-winning producer of Hamilton and other landmark shows, including Rent, Avenue Q, and In the Heights. He's also an Oak Park native and University of Michigan alum. Uh, you alluded to this a little earlier in the conversation, uh, that, that your, your background um, is not picture-perfect, uh, but it was part of what fueled your ambitions. Talk about growing up in Oak Park and what you, what you drew from that. I had no idea, Stephen, how I was ever going to get from 2200 to Eastwood in Oak Park 
to Broadway. Um, I come from a working class family, um, a family that um, looked like the middle class, but indeed was not. And it was a credit to my mother that she always found um, the dollars to make sure we had nice clothes and um, could go to religious school and do all the things that most American children um, um, get an opportunity to do. And, of course, I, had, I, I didn't know anybody in the theater. <laughs> I didn't know anybody in the theater in any place, better yet in New York. But um, I was driven in ways that I can't even describe to keep making new stuff whether that was writing that play in the fourth grade or going into a community theater show in the seventh grade or um, producing the Pops concert in the 11th and 12th grade or directing um, the soft show and um, young people's theater shows in Ann Arbor when I was a student at the University of Michigan. I just kept working. And I worked with a faith and uh, or a uh, the ideal that if i just keep doing what i'm doing um the rest will take care of itself mm-hmm. and um and i never stopped dreaming you know i never stopped um fantasizing uh in the shower about what it would be like to work on broadway even though it felt like it was an impossible dream it felt like a you know, Don Quixote quixotic dream. <laughs> uh, and so this gift you've made to Mosaic Youth Theater, I would imagine, is about helping to create the next Jeffrey Seller, right? Trying yeah. to find well, the next you know, kid who helping, needs... Uh, uh, what this gift is doing is helping to create our next generation of citizens, professionals, community leaders... And they may take the form of artists, doctors, educators, politicians, accountants, who knows? But what is so magical about the Mosaic Theater Company is that they bring to this safe, beautiful school, charter school, downtown Detroit, Mm -hmm. their hundred kids every day from four o'clock to eight or nine o'clock. And they rigorously work through theater. Hmm. And what we find is that theater is a tool for analysis, criticism, working together, and finding success. And the Mosaic Theater sees 95% of its kids graduate college. Hmm. They're going to do great things. Yeah. And Mosaic is creating lives. And I know the power of theater, and I love Detroit, and it only made sense for me to double down on those values by supporting Mosaic, which I find to be an extraordinarily inspirational company. So uh, the New York Times has said that you are the CEO of Hamilton, and that, I think, is a really accurate description given how big it has gotten and how many things it's doing. Uh, It's touring with multiple casts and several long-term casts in uh, New York, Chicago, London, and touring dozens of other cities. 
how do you manage the quality of the show as it grows that way? I mean, it, it is the roles are so particular and they demand so much. Each one of uh, the actors. How do you make sure that every Aaron Burr uh, can sing "Wait for It," uh, which I think is that sort of climactic part of that role? Uh, how do how can you how can you make sure that there's always somebody to deliver that the way? It needs to be. Quality control is our first and last job. And we have six Hamiltons out there, six companies right now. That means we employ approximately 200 artists to appear in Hamilton. That means that I have 18 men who can go on for Hamilton right now. And in order to make that work so beautifully, so seamlessly, I rely first and foremost upon my director, Thomas Kale, and then his incredible team, which includes our music supervisors, our resident directors, our casting directors. We have two casting directors who are looking at young people every single day of the week, all year long. And um, the great news is that there are amazing young artistic talents all over this country, and we're doing a good job of finding them. And then our job is to train them well, which means I have rehearsals going on almost every day of the week in every city we're playing. I have amazing dance captains, amazing directors, amazing musicians. And I have been thrilled by the fact that I could take any one of my Hamilton companies and switch them around and say to you with a straight face, you are going to get the same quality no matter which one you see. I, you know, just in the last two months, Stephen, I've been with my company um, down south that was in Florida, which we call the Philip Company. I have been with the Peggy Company in um, Puerto Rico and San Francisco. And, of course, last week I was with our Angelica Company in Detroit, not to mention our New York Company. And... Um, every single one is telling that story with the same high level. Mm. And then what's interesting is if someone really has the wherewithal to go see several, if they go see the different companies, different colors will come through, different tones will come through, and they'll get a rich experience seeing the ways in which our fantastic performers interpret. Yeah. I mean, the, the the roles are all so complex. I especially always wonder about the roles that inc- that uh, demand not only uh, uh, singing but also the, the the rapping that that has to be done, which is a very different skill uh, from that. Um, yes. Uh, what's next? What's next for you and uh, and Broadway? Well, what's so great is that I have taken on a project that I've never done anything like this before, and what that is called is the Hamilton the Exhibition, which we actually open April 26 and 27 in Chicago, Illinois, right behind the Field Museum, and this is a museum exhibition the size of a football field mm. in our own built tent in which we're going to take visitors, whether they've seen the show or not, on a journey through the founding of America, the Revolutionary War, the founding of our country, the creation of the Constitution, all through the eyes of Alexander Hamilton. So we start at the um, 
trading post in St. Croix, where mm-hmm. Hamilton worked as a trader as a 15-year-old and gained the skills that he might later put to use as the Treasury Secretary. We take you into New York City in 1776. We take you into George Washington's war tent, where I really wanted to answer the question, well, how do you really win the Battle of Yorktown? Like, explain, <laughs> like, show me, and we're going to show you how we won the Battle of Yorktown. And I wanted to ask the question, what does it really mean to assume state debt? How did that play out for an individual? We're going to show you that. And um, this museum exhibition has been a huge undertaking, and it has offered me an opportunity to be a producer in a different way. That was my conversation with Jeffrey Seller, the producer of Hamilton, one of my favorite shows of all time. This is a song from Rent, another production that he produced on Broadway. That's going to do it for us this week on Detroit Today. I'll be back Monday, and I hope you will, too. Then we're going to talk with Koki Roberts and Richard Primus about whether or not Congress is doing its job and a conversation about the latest political news with Republican political PR consultant Matt Resch. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a public service of Wayne State University. I'll see you on Monday. See you.